I'm Afshin Ratansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from Dubai in the heart of the Middle East. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is scheduled to be in Israel today, just over a week after Washington vetoed a UAE-drafted Security Council resolution at the UN calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza, where perhaps tens of thousands, the majority of them women and children, will have been killed by the time you're watching this with British, American and EU nation weapons. Joining me now from Riyadh in Saudi Arabia is Dr. Mansour al-Mazoki, academic and writer. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Al-Mazoki, uh, for coming on. So whether this uh, Raytheon contractor, Pentagon boss Lloyd Austin, is in Israel to meet uh, Netanyahu and give him more weapons or not, why do you think Netanyahu told this uh, top Knesset panel that Saudi Arabia and the UAE was going to pay for all the destruction that we're seeing on social media? Uh, obviously, no one can bring the lives back that are lost uh, every, uh, every hour. But... What does he mean, Saudi Arabia and the UAE are going to pay for it all? Well, first of all, uh, thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be with you. Um, if we are going to go the, down the path of asking uh, uh, this sort of questions, we perhaps uh, should go 40 years uh, back in history and question all the false statements, which is part of the media strategy of successive Israeli governments. Um, I think uh, one needs to have uh, not just a grain of salt, but perhaps uh, three uh, kilograms of salt whenever uh, there is an official statement coming out of uh, any Israeli government. It's established uh, in, in terms of uh, research, uh, as well as uh, uh, what we have seen in the past few decades, that Israeli governments, not just Netanyahu's, uh, Israeli governments use... Uh, certain tactics, one of which is such false uh, media statements. And uh, I suppose if there's one glimmer of light amidst the genocide, it has been the whole world is now on the same side as the Arab League. Even Canada and Britain abstained, would one uh, believe. But, uh, but will relations change uh, between Saudi Arabia and the countries that are arming the genocide? Britain and the European Union are still supplying the weapons, killing those children that we see every hour. How, do, how will it affect relations uh, between the Arab world and uh, the Western European countries and the United States? Well, uh, first of all, uh, we have uh, to uh, look at the way of, uh, of, uh, of acting uh, on the part of the uh, Arab Islamic Ministerial Committee under Saudi Arabian leadership. They are trying to use their relationship with those uh, Western European countries and Western countries in general uh, to the benefit uh, of uh, serving uh, the way forward. I think it's much more, we have to be realistic and pragmatic. It is much more beneficial, pragmatic, practical to try to uh, use our relationship uh, with them in order to push things uh, in a positive direction rather than strain the relationships which are already under a lot of pressure because of those positions you, ha you just have mentioned. How much under pressure do you think they are? A lot, a lot. I would say a lot. Uh, if you uh, look at the first stop uh, that uh, the Saudi-led uh, Arab Islamic uh, Ministerial Committee uh, went to, it wasn't any Western uh, capital, it was China. Uh, this in itself is significant, not just because uh, China at the time was the president of uh, the monthly president of the Security Council, but because of sending a symbolic message 
to all of our partners that you are uh, siding, uh, you are on the wrong side of history here. You are on the wrong side of morality, of values, what you preach on a daily basis to Russia and other countries. You are on the wrong side of international law, international humanitarian law, and basic uh, humanity. So uh, this in itself is symbolic. Uh, there are uh, uh, tremendous pressures. Uh, Saudi Arabia and other Arab and Islamic countries are using diplomatic tools in order to encourage uh, and convince those partners. We have some minor success, not great, but uh, nonetheless, it's something uh, that moved forward in the right direction. It's not enough. Uh, we have to uh, accept the reality. Nonetheless, it is one small step in the right direction. And we have seen Britain uh, change a little bit its position, France uh, uh, as well. And we hope that the most significant position, that is the US, will see some uh, positive developments. Or is it actually Elon Musk and Twitter we, where we get our information from? The horrific pictures and images more than the Arab world that is changing opinions in uh, NATO countries? Uh, it is difficult at this point to draw reliable, uh, uh, trusted uh, links of causalities between point A leading to point B. Nonetheless, we can say that uh, uh, Twitter uh, or X uh, and other uh, uh, new social media platforms have um, lessened the uh, negative uh, impact of media monopolies in the West, which do not reflect realities, but rather reflect certain uh, political editorial uh, positions uh, that are far away from reality on the ground. They are siding uh, with the aggressor, with the apartheid regime of Israel, with the atrocities, uh, and uh, there is so much doctoring, uh, editing of images coming out of Palestine, uh, and we are seeing a little bit of change uh, in those mainstream Western media, uh, partly, although I cannot say with absolute certainty, uh, certainty, but partly because of breaking their monopolies over uh, narratives, over uh, the stories and thanks uh, in good part to new social media platforms. Yeah, and in Western, in the United States, uh, huge uh, numbers uh, appearing to support uh, Palestine, according to, to polls. And yet, Saudi's Minister of Investment, uh, Khalid al-Fali, reportedly said Saudi-Israel normalization is still on the table. Do you think it is on the table? Um, we have to define what on the table in Saudi Arabian terms uh, means. Uh, on the table means uh, a way uh, forward for Palestine. Palestine is essential in any uh, step towards normalizing relations with Israel. If normalization with Israel will help bring us closer to uh, um, a credible path towards uh, a Palestinian state, then it is more than welcome. Uh, and I think, uh, although I do not uh, represent any official point of view, I'm not part of any official uh, uh, conversations uh, or meetings, uh, but as a researcher, I think this is uh, the meaning of on the table for Saudi Arabia. I don't know uh, how uh, the uh, 
State Department works, because they appear in their statement, in a statement, I'm just going to tell you, that, to think that Saudi is connected to Hamas, which is a bizarre notion. But at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, the Biden Deputy Secretary of State uh, nominee, Kurt Campbell, said Israel is still interested in normalizing with Saudi despite October the 7th. I, it's a strange uh, a conjunction of uh, phrases there, but uh, clearly the United States is, is still interested in uh, fostering this. Uh, of course. Well, first of all, the closest ally of Hamas is Mr. Netanyahu and his government. Let's not forget that they both, Hamas and uh, the Netanyahu extremist fanatic uh, government, uh, agree on a number of uh, issues, uh, be it the peace process, uh, be it the uh, straining any peaceful uh, diplomatic solution, etc., etc. It was Netanyahu's government, actually, that pressured uh, Qatar uh, government in order to funnel money to Hamas through uh, Israeli intelligence services, Israeli airports, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, this is uh, an important element of context here. Um, as to statements coming out of Washington, we are used to different contradictory uh, um, uh, declarations. Uh, Hamas has uh, a negative um, uh, relationship with Saudi Arabia. It has been the case for uh, almost two or three decades. Uh, let's go back uh, to the uh, turn of the century when Saudi Arabia brokered uh, a national uh, unity, uh, peaceful efforts between Fatah and Hamas and Mecca under the uh, patronage of the previous custodian of the two holy mosques, King Abdullah. Uh, uh, and Hamas broke what it committed itself to do. Hamas did not uh, respect uh, its uh, commitments uh, in those uh, meetings to uh, the Saudi Arabian government. Um, we have uh, another uh, negative incident uh, in the ensuing years. So the notion to say that Saudi Arabia supports uh, Hamas effort in the 7th of October, it's, it's just absurd. I think, uh, clearly. I mean, Hamas was on the American side in Syria, as far as I understand. Uh, why on earth, then, uh, can Saudi not send, say, a hospital ship to, to Gaza? And, uh, I mean, I suppose it would be daring the Biden administration not to blow it up, but to protect and, uh, and to help, perhaps, uh, those uh, people who are wounded and in pain in Gaza. There is no shortage uh, well, first of all, Saudi Arabia sent uh, hundreds of tons of uh, humanitarian aid and medical supplies, medical personnel, uh, uh, medications, food, uh, clothing, uh, tents. Some reports, you know, the World Health Organization said medication isn't getting through. Some reports even said anesthetic is not coming through. The Israelis are taking it. I, I was going to get to this point. Uh, there is no short... Well, for, number one, Saudi Arabia sent uh, ships, uh, airplanes, uh, by all means of transportation to uh, hundreds of tons of uh, humanitarian aid, medical, food, and uh, other supplies. Number two, uh, there is no shortage uh, of humanitarian aid. There is a shortage of access uh, or a lack uh, of access, uh, to be more accurate. Uh, Israel is not allowing uh, access of food. Israel is actually committing a war crime, violating uh, a long list of international laws, international humanitarian laws, by using food, uh, uh, medical supplies, uh, uh, water, um, 
gas uh, and other essential uh, elements, uh, vital elements uh, for the uh, Palestinian livelihood as a weapon. Uh, it wants to force them. It looks like uh, the ultimate goal of Israel is to push everyone on the border of Egypt, then create a de facto situation where it uh, forcefully displaced them into Egypt. It seems like that this is uh, the plan. They have been bombarding hospitals with pretexts of uh, tunnels underground, and it's been several weeks. We haven't seen any uh, glimpse of any evidence of such things. Uh, it seems like there there is a systematic effort to force all Palestinians to the Egyptian borders as uh, uh, a first step towards displacing them forcibly uh, into Egypt. Dr. Al-Mazouki, I'll stop you there. More from the Saudi academic and writer after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with Saudi academic and writer Dr. Mansour Al-Mazouki. We were talking about uh, starvation, actually, and uh, weaponizing uh, uh, food and, and medicine as a war crimes. 90%, according to the World Food Programme in Gaza, uh, don't eat uh, uh, every day. What about, then, oil? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that the Saudis were uh, refusing Blinken's uh, begging for increases in uh, oil uh, production. Just before COP28 in Dubai, again, the Americans wanted it, but actually uh, OPEC plus uh, decreased uh, production. Could oil be used in this case to save somehow the children of uh, Gaza at the moment? As we know, uh, Israel is buying oil on these markets. Uh, one could make it prohibitively expensive for all their uh, warplanes and jets uh, funded by the United States to murder and slaughter so many uh, children. Well, first of all, uh, I do not think uh, I disagree with the link drawn between uh, uh, the production of oil and the killing the Israeli uh, apartheid regime's uh, massacre and genocide of the Palestinian uh, children, men and women, and uh, the elderly. Uh, I don't think that there is a link between the two. That's point number one. Point number two, um, uh, Saudi Arabia is a responsible uh, energy uh, producer in the energy uh, global uh, uh, in the global energy market and the global economy. Uh, if we uh, go back to the year 2019, uh, everybody was asking us all sorts of uh, of things related to reducing production, increasing production, etc., for their own uh, goals, uh, not necessarily. Um, uh, for uh, the benefit of everyone else. The U.S. asked us to reduce production. Then in 2022, they, uh, 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 to increase production. Then they asked us uh, uh, a few years later to, redu uh, to increase production, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Saudi Arabia, as a responsible uh, energy producer, our main responsibility is to help maintain energy market stability. Uh, threatening or playing with uh, commitments, not respecting our commitments, uh, contracts, etc., does not serve uh, international economy stability. That's point number two. Uh, point number three, uh, I question whether there will be a direct meaningful impact, even if uh, hypothetically we go uh, down that path. 
uh, our uh, uh, main clients are not uh, in the in the West. Our main client is China, then Japan, then India, then South Korea, then the list goes on. So I question uh, whether jeopardizing our relationship with the global South would help uh, Palestine. Uh, if anything, it is leveraging our relationship as we have seen uh, in the recent weeks, how the, the Saudi Arabian leadership of the uh, Arab and Islamic world, as uh, symbolized by the Arab uh, Islamic Ministerial Committee, how leveraging our relationship with those very same actors helped actually build an international uh, momentum calling for a ceasefire, calling for upholding international law and putting pressure on the US and the European uh, backers of this Israeli apartheid genocide. So uh, we will put uh, those relations with China, with India, with South Africa, with Latin America, uh, we will put them in jeopardy. And I would argue that as a consequence of jeopardizing those relations, Israel will gain uh, a much more uh, uh, comparable position internationally to continue the genocide it's doing against the Palestinians, not the contrary. So I think uh, we should uh, reconsider the argument for uh, an oil uh, embargo. Okay, to which the response from NATO nations has, of course, uh, been to arguably weaponize their propaganda media against GCC countries. Is Saudi Arabia and GCC countries, are they prepared for the onslaught uh, that uh, presumably is to be expected uh, because of its uh, role in marshalling global support for Palestine? Um, I doubt it. Uh, international transformations at the international system level do not allow uh, for, uh, let's say, uh, an increased pressure from Western countries as a consequence of Saudi Arabian leadership of those Global South voices and countries uh, in support of Palestine. Um, Saudi Arabia, first of all, uh, from a theoretical standpoint, is uh, a middle-sized power. Uh, it's a swing power in those uh, global transformations. Uh, in simpler terms, everyone needs to become friends with Saudi Arabia, and I highly doubt that they do have the means to uh, put uh, uh, increased pressure on Saudi Arabia as a payback for Saudi Arabian leadership of Arab and Islamic countries and global uh, South countries. Well, it's the propaganda uh, to their own peoples, isn't it? from corporate media in Western Europe and the United States, not, of course, to the rest of the world? Perhaps. Uh, we have gone through much darker phases. You all, uh, we all remember uh, the uh, uh, threats of Mr. Biden. Uh, where did that lead him? Uh, finally, he ended up coming to Jeddah uh, to meet with the Saudi Arabian leadership. Uh, all those threats after Saudi Arabia refused uh, as a responsible uh, energy, uh, global energy superpower, uh, refused to weaponize oil and uh, succeeded in keeping oil away from politics as much as we could. Uh, Biden threatened sanctions if we didn't join efforts against Russia. Where did that uh, threat uh, end up? So uh, maybe it's more um, geared or directed towards local audiences than anything meaningful in the international arena. Well, as regards human rights, real human rights, not those uh, 
pursued, uh, weaponized, arguably, by NATO nations. Do you think Britain, the United States, and EU nations will ever be punished for their role in the Gaza genocide? Definitely, uh, in different ways, uh, in different time frame works. Um, I, um, I argue that the rise of China ended Western monopolies, U.S. monopolies, and uh, economic zones uh, of influence, spheres of influence. Uh, uh, that was uh, one of the consequences of the rise of China. The recent events in Gaza and Palestine ended uh, Western moral authority. Their whole discourse uh, and their effort, systematic effort to contain China is predicated uh, at the level of the discourse on two things. One, the respect of uh, the rules-based international system. And now we are seeing them, the main uh, aggressors, the main violators of the international the rules-based system. Uh, international law, international humanitarian law, double standards, et cetera, et cetera. Shielding Israeli uh, war crimes uh, uh, from any uh, le international legal consequence. Uh, and uh, their whole discourse uh, uh, about human rights, democracy, and their efforts to contain China uh, has collapsed uh, in, in Palestine and the recent events where are the uh, human rights of Palestinians, uh, of children? The apartheid uh, regime of Israel's army uh, uh, ca uh, captured a nine-year-old child and took him uh, to uh, a street uh, away from his family, from his uh, uh, neighborhood, to interrogate him for uh, a couple of hours. Where are the uh, human rights Western government's positions? Um, this is a huge moral crisis for the West, and from that point of view, I think there will be uh, durable uh, consequences uh, for the US, for the UK, for Germany, uh, for France, and many other Western countries. Well, as you know, the pictures of that child won't be leading the evening bulletins on uh, news channels in, in Western uh, countries, uh, alas. Russia and China want a ceasefire, of course. What was the significance then of, uh, you've already mentioned uh, China being important, uh, of, of Vladimir Putin's visit uh, both to the UAE and to Saudi Arabia amidst the ongoing uh, carnage in Gaza? Well, um, uh, we very much appreciate the support uh, uh, of, uh, of China, of many countries, uh, South Africa, Russia, uh, and many, many countries in Latin America and Africa and Asia uh, and in the whole world. Uh, I think it is very significant uh, to see uh, the whole world uh, saying uh, with a, unifi a unified voice, uh, stop uh, the carnage, stop the genocide in Palestine. This carries uh, significant weight. But you know that uh, the International Criminal the Court the head of it, I think, has been on this show, Kareem Khan, is investigating Palestinian crimes, I think, against uh, Israelis and has a warrant out for Vladimir Putin. Uh, is, it, is it not really taken seriously anymore, uh, that Western uh, conception of human rights, Western European? Uh, uh, it's, um, uh, the balance of power ha carries weight with those kinds of procedures. Uh, if anyone should be uh, tried for crimes against humanity, it is a long list of Israeli uh, officials, military and civil uh, politicians, uh, 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 civil servants, etc. 
they have committed much, much more uh, grave uh, violations and crimes against humanity. Uh, but the uh, uh, strategic weight of the West uh, is still there. It's still significantly important. Uh, and the uh, balance of power, and that balance of power has an impact, direct and sometimes indirect, on international processes, one of which is the International uh, Criminal Court, uh, Court of Justice. Yeah, I mean, just, just finally, I mean, do you think Ukraine and now Gaza uh, over the bodies of countless civilians uh, in both countries, in both places, in Palestine and in Ukraine, the multipolar world is really here, uh, given the responses from NATO countries? Uh, that uh, is uh, subject to uh, a much uh, wider uh, uh, debate. Uh, in order to suppose a multipolarity, you need two things. Uh, one is opposition, and we certainly have opposition to uh, the U.S. Uh, hegemony, uh, unipolar uh, world order. But at the same time, we need a second element, which is uh, a relative uh, equality of power. We are yet to see that relative equality of power. Uh, I do not think that we uh, have uh, an even close uh, uh, international power uh, that can uh, significantly challenge U.S. hegemony. And as a consequence of the lack of this second uh, condition or element, I do not think that we are uh, uh, in front of the emergence of a multipolar world. But that is not at all to say that we are still under a unipolar world. That unipolarity is over. Um, as manifested by the challenge and the systematic opposition, the rise of uh, middle-sized uh, swing uh, powers, uh, the rise of the so-called global south, etc., etc. Dr. Al-Mazouki, thank you. Thank you, sir. And that's it for the show. Our continued condolences to those surviving the killing in Gaza. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Saturday. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media. If it's not censored in your country, and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Saturday.